Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now sit back, please, and enjoy Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. by the Wizard of Weird. This is Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. I am Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home. And a lot more on this edition of the show... Interdimensional Monsters. I want to read an email to you I received from a listener. It's kind of long, but certainly worth reading. Sent to me from Michael Grady, who is a drafter and designer in Ellis County, Texas. This is an experience he had in 1992. He said, one night my friends and I decided to do something out of the ordinary. We wanted to explore the urban legends of the surrounding area. I got a call from my buddy who wanted to go pick up our friend Kay and go to an old abandoned cemetery. We had heard all kinds of stories and legends about this place, so we wanted to see if they were true. It took an hour or so of driving, some of it down a dirt road, but we found what we thought was it. There were headstones going back to the 1800s, which seemed pretty cool to teenagers like us. We tested some goofy legends, and uh, as we suspected, nothing happened. We laughed it off and started to make our way back to my car, and that's when we heard rustling in the bushes. For a moment, we stood frozen in fear and then used a flashlight to find it was just an armadillo foraging. So as we drove away, we decided to take the long way back to the city because we all had hours before curfew. When the dirt road turned to pavement, I thought I would have some fun. I dropped a gear and floored it, and we slid sideways and then took off. I should have been paying attention, but I wasn't, and before I knew it, we got turned around. It was dark. The corn crops were high, and we were going really fast. Somehow we got off the main road and got lost. We turned down a road that was bumpy, and it was getting nerve-wracking because we didn't have a map. It was late at night, and we were in the middle of nowhere. My buddy joked about the Children of the Corn movie, which I think scared him more than it did me and Kay. We came to this stop sign that was in a weird spot. It was in the middle of the road that had corn on either side. No crossroad? As I stopped, I turned to Kay and Jay and asked, So do we go back the way we came, or do we... Before I could finish, Kay's eyes got really big, and she started to shake. And she mumbled, What the hell is that, Mike? Jay and I both turned, and in the headlights, there was a tall creature hunched over, walking out of the cornfield in front of us. 
It had long arms, longer than any human being I have ever seen. The hands were curled up, and the fingertips looked pointed. The thing had a long snout and pointed ears. It stopped and gave us a half-smile showing its teeth. They looked like monster teeth. It then turned and looked directly at us, and its eyes reflected the light from the headlights, and it simply walked away. We rolled our windows up and sat there dumbfounded for a minute. I looked at Jay and put the car in gear. I rolled up the ten yards or so to where the thing crossed the road, and there was nothing, nothing but more corn, an old wooden telephone pole, and an old abandoned farmhouse. Kay quietly said, Mike, I want to go home. Please don't drive past that house. Let's just go. And Jay agreed. So I put it in reverse, and we slowly backed down the road and went back the way we had come. I looked one last time at the abandoned farmhouse in the rearview mirror in the moonlight. I saw movement just inside the open door, and it scared me so much that I had a cold feeling go through my body, and I remember flooring it, causing us to just bounce and jostle our way up the crappy road. I drove for a few miles, pulled over, and got sick. The entire time, the two other were urging me to come on, come on, hurry up, get back in the car. We finally got back to civilization, and Jay and I dropped Kay off at her house, and she leaned in the passenger side window and said, I don't want to talk about this ever. I have never been so scared in my life. If there are things like that out in the world, then just please don't ever bring it up. Please swear. She looked at both of us with tears in her eyes, and we swore, and we never spoke of it again. As Jay and I drove off, Jay stared out the window. Halfway to his house, he said, I was always told that that monsters didn't exist. But if they don't exist, what was that? He turned to me, and I looked at him, and I could see the fear in his eyes, as I'm sure he could see the fear in mine. I didn't say anything. I couldn't, because I didn't know what to say. We drove the rest of the way in silence, and all I could do is think, monsters are real. All three of us will never forget that night as long as we live. Again, that's from Michael Grady, Ellis County, Texas. Do you believe... That story that Michael sent, and thank you for sending it, Michael. Do you believe that? And if you don't, well, how do we explain all of these stories about people seeing monsters that go all the way back to ancient times? And yet, again and again and again, there's a problem. When people see these things, and they have these very honest reports where you can say like, okay, this person believes he or she saw this. And let me tell you, I have interviewed thousands of people over the past 30 years who've told me about seeing strange things. And many of them are monsters. And I don't believe that everybody out there is just mistaking a bear for a Bigfoot or something like that. Sometimes people, they, they know what they're talking about. They say, I saw this thing. So the question becomes, 
how do we reconcile believing people see these things with the lack of physical evidence? Why isn't that thing that Michael saw in a zoo or in a museum? Why is it that when someone sees Bigfoot, then he disappears? Where does he go? Somebody sees the Loch Ness Monster, then it disappears. They see Mothman, then he disappears. They see aliens, and then they disappear. Where do these things go? Maybe they go somewhere else where they primarily stay. Another place. Another dimension. Thousands of years have gone by, and, you know, some civilizations have been scared, frankly. Some cultures have been afraid to talk about these things, or especially write it down, even to this day. And others have recorded it quite thoroughly. You know, I bought a book for Lauren a while back. It's a nice hardback book called Vason. Spirits and Monsters of Scandinavian Folklore, collected and illustrated by Johan Igerkrans. And it's a wonderfully illustrated book. And it has, for example, a section here on the Jatar giants. They have a picture of one, a big, ugly looking thing. Let me tell you, it says here, the Nordic giants are immense primordial creatures that have lived here since long before the human era. They are incredibly strong, but they are also clumsy and not especially bright. They become much rarer after the arrival of Christianity to the Nordic countries and gradually retreated to the wilderness and the mountains. The sound of church bells hurts their ears and drives them mad. This explains the huge stone boulders found dotted about the Nordic landscape. They are the stones of the frustrated giants. The stones they threw at churches to try and put a stop to the noise. Apparently, their aim could have been better, as they never seemed to hit their intended targets. In the old days, these flit block or erratic blocks were popularly called jotcast, literally meaning giant's throw. Even though some insist they are, in fact, boulders dragged here by the last glacial ice sheet. That's an interesting description of a creature, a big thing. How about something small, though? There are also little weird things, like the gnome mill. You know, they used to have lots of mills to grind up things. And it says in these mills, there was a kind of gnome, or niece, who often resided among the machinery that drove the water wheel. Just like their relatives on the farmsteads, they take care of the mill and make sure the miller keeps the proper times. If, for example, the miller tries to grind corn at night or on Sundays, the mill spirit will grab the wheel and make the machinery come to a stop. And just like the other niece, the old mill spirit is very strong indeed. There are various reasons why the mill spirit stops the mill at these times. In the evenings, he wants it to be quiet so that he can sit in the stream and play his violin. He is a skilled musician. On other occasions, he does it out of pure spite. But if you throw him a silver coin or a twist of tobacco, well, they're very fond of that. And he lets go of the will and disappears. It also seems to be a way for the old spirit to have human contact when he is feeling lonely. <laughs> These kinds of stories go back thousands of years. 
Do you believe them? Do you think there may be something possibly to these tales? If so, where are these creatures? Where do they reside? What do I mean when I say they may be in another dimension? I'll explain when we come back. Remember now, right now a lot of social media is very fragile. So go to joshuapwarren.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter at the site. Takes you two seconds. You'll get an instant free good luck charm and instructions on how to build some aura glasses that might help you see the other side. JoshuaPWarren.com I am Joshua P. Warren, and you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and I will be right back. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joshua P. Warren and Strange Things coming right up. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details.
And now more Joshua P. Warren on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren. People see Bigfoot, then he disappears. Where does he go? They see Loch Ness Monster. He disappears. Where does he go? Aliens disappear. Where do they go? Mothman. Where does he go? People see these things, and sometimes these things even leave physical traces, evidence, like footprints or burns. And yet, we don't have the creature. When we talk about interdimensional beings, that's kind of the convenient term that a lot of people just sort of generically throw around. And yet, nobody really knows exactly what that means, right? I mean, anybody could say it's interdimensional, but what exactly are they getting at? Well, I'm going to do my best to explain to you what this concept means in some kind of a relatable way. You know, I have a paranormal investigator course that I I teach online. Okay, and I believe it is the most comprehensive paranormal investigation course in the world. And if you go to joshuapwarren.com, click the link to the curiosity shop, you will see it there. And when you take the course, and again, you sit right there at your computer and take the whole thing, and then you take a test, and if you pass the test, you get a certificate. Um, it's many hours of content, and I start by giving the fundamentals of sort of how we measure what we know about reality, and it has a very scientific foundation, and I describe uh, dimensions, and here is what I found is the best approach. So there's no way that you can actually comprehend what it means when I say there is another dimension. You can believe it. You can accept it. If you're a mathematician, I can show it to you on paper. Um, I can almost even do an artistic rendition that gives you an idea, but I can't, you can't really comprehend it. So let's stick with what you can comprehend. You are living right now in a world in which you primarily deal with the three basic dimensions, length, width, and depth. Okay. 3D. You understand as a human what those things mean. So instead of me trying to tack on some other dimension, let's work within those three dimensions. So let's say you, as a three-dimensional being, came into contact with a two-dimensional being. Now, this is a sort of thought experiment or a model that was actually first proposed in the 1800s by this philosopher named Edwin Abbott. He was an Englishman, and he wrote a little book about this premise called Flatland. So here's the idea. Uh, if something is two-dimensional, 
then basically it's got length and width. So everything's flat. It doesn't have any depth. Right. And so try to imagine that. So there is a land in front of you, which is absolutely flat. So in this world, the little flatlanders that live there, they cannot look up or down. They have no concept of what up or down is. Okay. They go side to side and back and forth. That's all they know. So you walk up as a three-dimensional being to Flatland, and you're looking at them, but they can't see you because they can't look up. But you can look down, and you say, hey, little Flatlander, I'm up here. All the Flatlander hears is some voice that comes out of nowhere. A terribly frightening, weird thing, I'm sure. I'm hearing a voice. I don't, I don't know where it came from. What was that? It was some being is talking to me. And furthermore, you would actually be able to not just look down and see them, but you'd be able to look down and see into their homes because they wouldn't have a roof. They don't need a roof. They don't have any up. There's nothing that they can put above them because they don't know what above is. So you're looking down. You can not only see them, you can see into their houses and into structures that they think you can't see through. So now you have x-ray vision. And so if you are able to see all these things that they think are hidden and you're able to talk to them, but they have no idea where this voice is coming from, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to visit them. And so if you descend into Flatland or if you're a giant being, maybe you just poke your finger down in there, the Flatlander is never going to be able to see you in your entirety. It's only going to see a set of objects suddenly appear right in front of the Flatlander, changing shapes. It's, I mean, you say, where, where is this coming from? It's not connected to anything. You just see what looks like random, weird slices of something. It's like, you know, how in, in medical scans, they'll show you a, a slice, a cross section of somebody's body, you know, that kind of thing. All they would see is a little cross section. They never have the ability to see you and what you were in your entirety, only little figments of you. And again, you, you would appear in, in their world and then disappear. It would make no sense. Let's say you decided to do the ultimate thing and you reach down into this little flatland. If it's, if it's a small place and you picked up a flatlander, you said, I'm going to show you what up is. And you throw them up into the air and they float back down into flatland and it blows their mind. And when they go to other Flatlanders and try to explain what happened, that they went to this place called Up, they'd have no way of explaining it. They'd simply say they had some kind of a mystical experience. That'd be the best they could do. Carl Sagan did a very good job of il illustrating everything I've just told you in a, a video you can find on YouTube if you have any problem visualizing this. So my point is that when people talk about having paranormal experiences, the kinds of things they talk about are very, very similar to what would happen if a three-dimensional being interacted with a two-dimensional being in a two-dimensional world. So if we have beings that are, are in other dimensions, so to speak, that are fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, physicists say there may be dozens of dimensions, maybe more. If there are beings in these other dimensions that sometimes sort of pop in and out here, then we are going to have no way of understanding their origins and where they spend most of their time. And this may be why that we have to consider um, 
Maybe there are certain places where these beings from other dimensions, uh, certain places they like to visit more than others. Or maybe, maybe there are people who have more encounters than others. I mean, if somebody tells you they've seen a monster or a creature of some kind from one of these other dimensions, you can just disbelieve that and say, I, I just don't believe it. But anyone who says he or she has honestly seen a monster or a creature, I mean, if that person looks at you and says, listen, I'm telling you, here's what I saw. I want you to imagine for a second, if they are telling the truth accurately, how do we explain this? Why do some people also seem to have more encounters than others? Some people have repeated encounters with these beings. Well, it reminds me of the Mothman Prophecies movie. It's a great book. But the movie is also fantastic. If you've never seen it, it's truly creepy and thought-provoking. Stars Richard Gere. And there is a paranormal expert named Alexander Leak, a very mysterious figure in the movie, who's really burdened by what he's learned about these winged creatures that appear flying around just before disasters occur around the world. And this guy Richard Gere's character is saying to Alexander Leak, I don't understand like why me why you know why are they following me around why do I keep interacting with these things and Alexander Leak says quote you noticed them and they noticed that you noticed them some people are more perceptive than others I, I mean you should know that I've been with the same woman for 20, <laughs> 23 years, I think. Let me tell you what. If you're in a marriage for a long time, you know that your partner can notice things <laughs> that you don't notice. At least that's how it is for me. My wife, Lauren, very detail-oriented. She is an artistic and crafty type, and she she sees all kinds of details that I would just miss. Some people notice these things. And they notice that you notice them and they like that. They find that interesting and they start maybe following you around, interacting with you more, playing with you more. What happens if you throw a bone to a dog, right? The dog follows you around after that. But Alexander Leak in the movie, The Mothman Prophecies, he says something else, which is a very simple way of communicating a really important concept that I'm going to dig into. He says, as he's talking about like why these these winged beings in particular might appear just before a disaster occurs, he says, quote, you know, the buildup of energy before something happens, how hair stands up before lightning strikes, end quote. Now, when it comes to Mothman in particular, there was some kind of a buildup of energy that was happening in 1967 around Point Pleasant, West Virginia. People were seeing not just this big winged being flying around, but they were seeing more UFOs. They had poltergeist experiences. There were men in black showing up. These were harbingers of some kind of a change that was going to come. And guess what? At the end of that year, a horrible tragedy in December of 1967, Right around the area where Mothman was most prominently being seen, the Silver Bridge collapsed, and it was the largest bridge disaster in U.S. history. Forty-six people died, and they fell into the Ohio River, and some 
Witnesses claim they even actually saw a Mothman sitting on the bridge before it fell. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But there is, it's, there's a bit much for coincidence that people kept seeing Mothman right before that bridge collapsed. Well, I think Alexander Leake was right. Sometimes there's a buildup of energy in the environment. It's not always in the physical environment first. It starts in the non-physical world. And it finally makes it into the physical world. And then, pal, it releases, snaps. And during that period of buildup, it's almost like we get a moment where the realms come closer together. I'll tell you more about that when we come back. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and I will be right back. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. With age, women and men have issues with fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Dr. Nathan Newman has developed Luminous for amazing results treating these issues with his stem cell-based formula, APT200. Try Luminous today with our postage-paid starter kit. 
for only $19.99. Available exclusively at HealthyLooking.com. Join thousands of satisfied customers using Luminous. Learn more at HealthyLooking.com. Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. And now back to iHeartRadio and Strange Things. iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. In places like England, they've always talked about hellhounds, especially like uh, the one that appeared at the church at uh, Bungay, Suffolk, England. These hellhounds... I'm telling you, you've got to look into these things. They are big, hulking, demonic-looking dogs. And the weird thing is, when they appear, like they did at the church in Bungay, they sometimes just go on a rampage. Uh, There's often a terrible thunder and lightning storm outside, and these dogs, they appeared, they ran into the church, and they just started tearing people apart. And the funny thing is, They looked enough like dogs that people could identify them as dogs, but they had a lot of characteristics that our dogs in this dimension don't have. Not only size, but glowing red eyes, radiating heat that would burn people and things, incredible power, enormous density and weight, so much as to break pieces of masonry. And so... It's almost like that there may be a realm or maybe there are realms that are just a little bit askew from this dimension so that the life that is evolved there is not entirely weird and different. It's not as different to us as some kind of blob or whatever or some tentacled thing like (laughs) like some deep sea octopus. It's close enough that we do recognize it. But it's different enough that we say, that's not uh, here. That's not from from our plane. Sometimes events happen where it seems like these realms, mm, they bend and they come a little bit closer together. And we are able to interact for a limited period of time. We are able to see each other, experience each other, and then they diverge again. You know what a capacitor is in electricity and and electrical engineering? A capacitor is a very simple device. 
It stores up small electrical charges over a period of time to a certain point, a critical point, and then boom, it discharges it all at once as a very powerful thing. And it may be that whenever there's a major change that's about to happen in the physical environment, like the the burden, the stress that was on the silver bridge that was about to collapse, that there is this rising tension first that happens in the spiritual dimensions around us, that the physical world is just the crust on top of the non-physical world. And when changes are about to occur in the physical world, like the snapping of that bridge, the stress builds like tension leading up to an earthquake in other ranges of energy, and we just catch little weird glimpses of effects from that before the lightning strike, so to speak, and the major event happens releasing that pent-up power. That when that energy is building up, sometimes the dimensions warp. It's almost like a lens bending light, and it's during that period of time, that period of tension, when we get to see and interact with these beings. And so therefore, in retrospect, we look at them as harbingers, things that showed up right before something big was going to happen, usually big and bad, not always, but usually. And so that means when you start seeing these things appear, you better be wary, you better be cautious. And that's why we have these things we call flaps, which are periods of time when for some reason, a bunch of weird stuff happens leading up usually to some big event, and you may not even know what the event is. It may not happen in your neck of the woods, but just nearby. And then after that, the flap ends. Uh, for example, you know, of course, the whole Mothman thing was in 1967. In 1969, a moth woman was seen. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, moth woman. This happened in Vietnam. A, a bunch of uh, soldiers there in Vietnam saw a, well, a, a woman who looked like a big bat that flew right over their heads. And um, that's a whole other story. You can look into that, you know, for yourself if you like. Flaps. I think of these as periods of interdimensional weather. We have weather when it comes to just about everything, we have space weather, we have atmospheric weather here on our planet, and it's almost like we have interdimensional weather. I mean, most of the time you go to Tornado Alley, it's fine, it's peaceful, it's calm, there's nothing going on. But then when the conditions are just right, well, guess what? You get this big, beautiful, symmetrical thing called a tornado, and it's terribly destructive. And it's there for a little while, and then it goes away. And often when you have that window, that window period, you see these winged beings. That's what, you know, the Mothman thing is all about. It's not always them, though. It could be any kind of strange creature. And usually if you see something that's a weird creature, you try to figure out, well, what is the closest thing it looks like? <laughs> you know, this isn't exactly a bear this isn't exactly a wolf, you know, so we'll call it a werewolf or whatever, but it's close enough. Interdimensional weather. Do you know when I was in Puerto Rico, which is one of the points right there in the center of the so-called Bermuda Triangle doing my research, I found out that all these people around this little area called Guanica were seeing a mothman. Basically, they called him the gargola, which is Spanish for gargoyle, six foot tall. 
you know, kind of black hunch looking thing with a face like a German shepherd and big bat wings. I talked to five different active duty police officers who had all seen this thing and told me with a straight face, honestly, not only did they see it, they, they shot at it. They went running after it. They tried to catch it. They never could. Sometimes it was flying. And sometimes it was running along the ground. They often saw it head and I would ask them, well, where did it go? And they would always say like, well, it kind of went in that direction. It turns out, guess what? There was a monastery over there. Now, what is the meaning of that? Maybe if this is some kind of an energy being, it feeds off of the energy that comes from a spiritual central point. I don't know. I don't know. But I said, my God, if they're seeing this gargula around this area, I'm afraid to, I don't, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, folks, but I think something bad is probably going to happen here soon. Probably some earthquakes and other things like that. Right after I said that, okay, right after I reported this and I talked about it all over the media, sure enough, Puerto Rico, it got pounded by earthquakes. Well, well, first it was pounded by hurricanes. I got out of there right when the hurricanes started hitting, it got pounded and destroyed in many ways by uh, hurricanes. And then the earthquakes hit boom, boom, boom. The earthquakes are ongoing to this day. Power in Puerto Rico is out half the time. And guess where most of the earthquakes are, are focused on, uh, are focused around Guanica. Exactly, exactly where the Gargula was being seen flying around. If you believe I'm making this up, Go back and you listen to some interviews that I did on Coast to Coast AM and a lot of other programs where I predicted that something, uh, you know, of a, of a big, you know, unsettling natural disaster type nature was going to probably happen right around, uh, Guanica. And, uh, now look at what's happened since then and you'll see I can prove it. I can prove it. So there's something to this. All right. So interdimensional weather is one possible explanation for these flaps. You see all these things and it doesn't just have to be interdimensional beings. It could be UFOs have easier access to us and aliens as well. But then you have places that we just call thin places. And these are places where more often than not, the natural environment just seems to be a little more shifted toward these other dimensions. And that's why you have places like the Bermuda Triangle, where we more consistently have these kinds of reports. And there you, you have, you know, obviously you've got things there like the Chupacabra as well, which I'll tell you an interesting Chupacabra story in a minute. So that's another possibility. There are just thin places you can go and increase your chances of seeing these things. But then what if some of these winged beings, what if it is possible that some of them are evolved enough so that they can actually warp the dimensions themselves at will? That if they want to come and interact with you, they have somehow understood how to do that. And maybe in some cases it's technological, like we think about with aliens and stuff like that. Or maybe it's a more organic skill. 
it's sort of like saying, well, if you want to, you know, fly, you can go out and build an airplane and get on it and fly. On the other hand, you could just be a bat. And it comes natural to you, right? Be a bird. It comes natural to you. Maybe some of these things build machines sometimes to interact with us, and sometimes they just have a natural ability. And so is it possible that some of these especially winged beings that may have an ability to warp the dimensions and interact with us are what we often call angels or demons? (laughs) Think about that. They can come to you and do something for you. Something good for you, something bad for you, or something bad to you. That is going to be a topic of a whole other podcast. I'm going to do a podcast soon about angels and demons, and I'm going to give you my opinion on all that and what I've learned and some interesting stories. And so just, you know, bear that in mind. I think that's going to be one that you'll, uh, you'll find enjoyable, but. When I was in Puerto Rico, I met a guy who told me about an experience that his family had with um, the chupacabra because the chupacabra originated in Puerto Rico. And we talk about chupacabra as some kind of mangy old coyote. No, no, no. In Puerto Rico, the chupacabra is a different kind of creature and it does weird stuff. And I'm going to tell you about that when we come back. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back after these messages. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. 
Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. At paranormaldate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, the paranormal, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. Are you sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What is one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Paro what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's ParanormalDate.com It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, Hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on Paranormal date.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO? Well, yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you. You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it. Wow. This paranormaldate.com thing really works. Maybe paranormaldate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in UFOs, ghosts, aliens, big Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Norrie. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. Hey folks, producer Tom here reminding you to make sure and check out our official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. For many of us, YouTube is our go-to place for audio-visual media, and we here at Coast to Coast are happy to share free hour-long excerpts of Coast to Coast AM with you, our loyal fans and new listeners. Our YouTube channel offers many different Coast to Coast AM hour-long pieces of audio on numerous topics, including ufology, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, strange creatures, prophecies, and much, much much more. There's even a section that includes our most popular uploads, such as many of the David Pilates shows on people disappearing in national parks. To visit or subscribe, just go to YouTube and type in Coast to Coast AM Official, or you can simply go to the coasttocoastam.com website and click on the YouTube icon at the top. It's the official Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel. You're going to love this. Just get on over to coasttocoastam.com and start your free listening now. Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Hi, this is George Norrie, and you're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and I hope that you're not letting the chaos of the new year get to you. Remember what I said about staying positive and creating your own world, your own microcosm? Brainwash yourself. Start with that. And you know, it's important to open your mind. Here's a little new thing that you can do. Go eat something you've never had before. You know what Lauren and I did the other day here in Las Vegas? We found the biggest Japanese grocery store around. And we went there and we just bought all the weirdest stuff we could find. Some of it, I I honestly was like, I have no idea what is in this package or in this can but I'm buying it. It's a surprise. We hauled this box back to our house. I don't even want to tell you how expensive all this stuff was. And we just had a field day of going through and trying out all this weird, weird stuff. Maybe at some point I'll tell you <laughs> some, some of the things we tasted. I don't even know what some of the things were that I tasted. But nonetheless, these are simple things you can do in life. Eat at a new restaurant from a different, uh, you know, different culture, different style, whatever. Try it out. That's part of the fun. And when you open your mind, and you probably have a pretty open mind because you listen to this show, you think maybe not everything is what it seems to be. People see a cryptid, they see a monster, and they go, "I look, I saw it. It was physical. This is not some phantom. I'm tell- You're right. When you saw it, it was physical. But it's hard for people to accept that these things can switch from physical to non-physical because they look so physical, so tangible when they're here. I understand. I get it. In Puerto Rico, I met a guy who had lived there his whole life. His, he, his family had been there for generations. And he said that when his grandfather was a young man, and this was back in the early 1900s, there was an area where on the island, a lot of the livestock was being killed in odd ways, blood sucked. And by the way, the term chupacabra wasn't even created until 1995. It means goat sucker. And it's named after these things that, you know, suck the blood out of goats. But people in Puerto Rico have seen this creature going back for centuries. And it's it's not some mangy coyote like you hear about in the American Southwest. We're talking about some type of a creature that looks more like an alien. It's four feet tall, big black eyes, spines that run down its black, uh, down its back. It often has wings. It can fly. Some people have encountered it and said it just sort of had this bizarre whirling warp that developed around it and it just shot off into the sky like the Tasmanian devil. So anyway, at this village in the early 1900s, they were having so many problems with livestock being killed that, um, They got the biggest metal trap they could find in the area, and they modified it. And they put it out one night with uh, a goat inside as bait, and all the guys got their rifles and, you know, pitchforks and whatever. And uh, the trap snapped, and they ran up to it, and this was a big metal box. And this box was rocking, and there was some kind of chaos inside. They were like, what could this possibly be? They were afraid to open it, right? So they all had their weapons poised, 
And some brave man went over and opened the door to the trap. And inside, here we have the dead goat that's been torn all to pieces. But nothing else. The box was empty. As if this thing had teleported and gone somewhere else. Spirited away. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about when I say maybe... We reconcile those experiences and all these eyewitness reports with the, the lack of physical evidence that we can hang on to with the more plausible explanation that these are often interdimensional beings. Not always. There are still some things out there to be discovered. You hear the examples of, you know, like the coelacanth and the mountain gorilla and stuff like that. These are things that were discovered. But that was, you know, we're talking now. We've got all kinds of technology, satellites and lots, lots of transportation. I mean, it's harder and harder every day to believe that if they're always normal biological organisms, we wouldn't have more just evidence of an impact on the ecology. You know what I mean? Like more impact on the food supply, more droppings, more hairs, more bones, etc. But there are people who are out there looking. And you know what? On a recent edition of this show, I played the dead tone. This is a tone I extracted from an ancient symbol that has been used to communicate with beings from the other side. And I had to debate uh, as to whether or not to play it. But I finally decided, you know what? You're listening to this show. As far as I'm concerned, you're the top caliber. You're the cream of the crop. If you want it, here you go. So I played the, the tone. And I was surprised by the feedback. I told some, I said, some of you may not want to hear this. I got an email just today from Jason who is a, a big fan of this show. He lives in Colorado. He's an investigator. And he said that he sent some of my tones to his friends who are part of a Bigfoot research society in New York state. And apparently they decided to play some of these tones, especially the dead tone. Okay. Out on their Bigfoot investigation. And when they started playing this tone, they started hearing some kind of intimidating grunting and growling in the woods. And th this has happened multiple times now. And so basically he said that these Bigfoot hunters are starting to agree like, yeah, this is some kind of an interdimensional thing going on here with this Bigfoot. And so I decided tonight uh, I'm going to play uh, and I say tonight could be today when you're listening to this, whatever. I'm going to play this for you again. I'm going to play the dead tone for 20 seconds at the end of this segment because that's a really interesting thing. If if you are investigating uh, monsters, maybe you should try playing this. Oh, also, something else I want to tell you. Uh, there is a, another uh, fan of this show, a man named Mike Stewart, and he took the tone for the $100 bill and he expanded it and he sent it to me and I tweeted it. My Twitter is at Joshua P. Warren at Joshua P. Warren. If you go there, you can get the extended version of the hundred dollar bill tone and listen to that. Uh, and actually, uh, if you just go to Joshua P. Warren dot com, you'll find my tweets there as well. 
So um, here's a quick story I want to read for you. This was sent to me an email from Lawrence Jaglarski, who works in floor cleaning services. And he had this experience in Woodridge, Illinois in 1995. He said, I walked out onto the balcony of my apartment to smoke. It was approximately 1230 a.m., so half an hour after midnight, and I heard a loud, low whistling sound as if a big wind was picking up. It was then that I saw what I can only describe as a pterodactyl. It was huge, and it flew right past my balcony, not five or six feet from me. It was so close that I could see its big black eye focus on me. Its eye didn't move. It just sort of focused on me. The, quote, bird was gray, had no feathers, just small scales. Its head and neck were not stretched out looking down like you see in science books and museums. Instead, it held its head like a pelican with its neck bent in such a way that the base of its skull rested on its backbone. It didn't flap its big wings. It simply glided. And moments later, it was gone. I was shocked. I stood there trying to figure out what I had seen. I went inside and told my wife what I saw, but she didn't care about my experience. (laughs) I didn't have a computer back then, but have since gone online and looked for some birds that might have appeared similar to what I saw. Only a pterodactyl fits the bill. Now, what do you think he saw? Do you think that was the ghost of a pterodactyl? Or do you think he may have seen one of these interdimensional beings glide right by him? As a matter of fact, I have a picture a woman named Lynn Jackson took of a very similar creature posted on my website. If you go to joshuapwarren.com and click the link to the gallery of the strange You'll find a section there called World's Wildest Ghost Photos, and there you can see Lynn Jackson's picture of this thing on her farm that looks a heck of a lot like what this gentleman was just describing. (sighs) Again, ghost or an interdimensional being? You know, these things, these monsters, they might not be what you are expecting them to be. But if you open your mind, and that's all I'm asking, if you really look at the options, if you open your mind, maybe Michael Grady, the man who sent me the email I read at the top of the show, was right. Monsters are real. I'll let you know what happens with the folks in New York playing my tone to get Bigfoot research done. And so, one more time, here is that tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift 
and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at joshuapwarren.com i have a fun one lined up for you next time i promise so please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule thank you for listening thank you for your interest and support thank you for staying curious and i will talk to you again soon You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. You've been listening to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. For shows like this and others, please make sure to tune into the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone.